I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating some kind of heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go, and let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of To Be Honest, and of course, a warm welcome to our first-time listeners. Today, I wish to explore with you the topic. Or rather, the question: Why we can't handle the truth? The question of why we struggle to accept or handle the truth about our shortcomings, or to be honest, is quite complex and can be influenced by various psychological, social, and cultural factors. Of course, as usual, I can provide some general insights. However, It is important to remember: individual experiences may vary, 
and not everyone reacts the same way to feedback or self-awareness. Let's say in a work environment, most people say yes when asked if they want to hear the truth. Do you remember your first performance review? In fact, eighty-eight percent of employees say they would want to hear the truth if their job performance was poor. And yet, how many people do you know who, after slaving away on a big project, are grateful when the boss says, "Well, that report you wrote was not quite to the standard," and on top of that, you were two hours late? And too many typos. Believe me, my audience. I have witnessed adults who insist they can handle the truth, cry, rant, and even punch walls upon hearing truth like that. So I suppose we gotta admit, right? The truth sounds good in theory, especially if the truth with which we agree. Or that positions us in a favorable light. Of course, we have no problem with that. It is only when we hear truth that isn't so pleasant about us that we start to resist. I remember when I was still running my own management consultancy firm. I once did a study of about three thousand executives, managers, and employees. And the, one of the big discoveries from that study is that very few leaders encourage or are open to hearing suggestions for improvement from their employees. Actually, lots of employees have great ideas, and the correlation between leaders who listen to employee suggestions for improvement and employee engagement is strong. And yet, very few leaders encourage or recognize employee suggestions for improvement. So, why do we resist and cannot handle to hear the truth, especially if it involves hearing something we need to improve? The number one reason is a concept called cognitive dissonance. Now, this state of mind, the cognitive dissonance, occurs when someone holds two psychological inconsistent beliefs, or attitudes, or opinions that create an unpleasant mental tension. So, where did this concept come from? This concept first received scientific recognition in the mid 1950s. When a group of social psychologists, led by Dr. Leon Festinger, their empirical studies suggest that individuals strive for internal consistency. So, what does that mean? That means when an individual is confronted with information that challenges their self-image. Or beliefs, they may experience extreme discomfort and therefore try to minimize the dissonance. Let me give you a scenario regarding smoking and health awareness. 
Imagine an individual named Alex who has been smoking for many years. Alex knows the compelling and scientifically backed information about the harmful effects of smoking on health, including the increased risk of lung cancer, heart disease, and other respiratory problems. So, what does cognitive dissonance look like? Number one, Alex's long-time belief. Alex obviously has long believed that smoking is a personal choice, and that the negative health effects are exaggerated, or simply it does not apply to him. This belief is part of Alex's self-identity and may be tied to the pleasure derived from smoking. Now, the new information that Alex encounters is credible information, right? Because it's backed up by scientific research, clearly indicating the severe health risks associated with smoking. So, this new information directly contradicts Alex's existing belief system. Well, that is exactly when a state of cognitive dissonance arises within Alex, because on one hand there's the desire to continue to smoke, a behavior deeply ingrained in his routine and identity, and on the other hand there is the newfound awareness of the serious health consequences. So at this time, Alex would like to alleviate the discomfort of cognitive dissonance. So what are his choices? He might employ various coping mechanisms, such as downplaying the health risks or selectively avoiding information that contradicts his beliefs, or rationalizing that the negative outcomes. Won't happen to him personally, so the resolution of cognitive dissonance might lead to either a change in behavior, right, such as attempting to quit smoking, or increased resistance to accepting the new information. So, in other words, if Alex continues smoking despite the health risks, it is a way of reducing the dissonance. By maintaining the alignment with his existing belief system, this is very important, my audience. So let me sum it up for you again. In this example, cognitive dissonance arises from the conflict between Alex's long-time belief about smoking and the new scientifically supported information that challenges that belief. So the discomfort pushes Alex to either reconsider his behavior, meaning to quit smoking, or engage in psychological mechanisms to protect his existing beliefs. That means to continue to smoke while downplaying the health risks. Okay, maybe it's a good idea to give you a hypothetical example of cognitive dissonance in couples counseling, involving a couple named Jack and Jill. Pseudonyms, of course. Jill started saying, 
Jack promised to be more transparent about his schedule and activities, but I still feel like there's something he's not telling me. And Jack said, "That's not true. I've been trying to be more open, but Jill seems to question everything that I do. It's so frustrating." The therapist said, "Well, it seems like there's a discrepancy in perceptions." Jill, can you describe how you feel when you sense Jack might be withholding information from you? I feel anxious and worried. I want to trust Jack seriously, but there's a nagging doubt. And the therapist turned to Jack. Hearing this, Jack, how does it make you feel? Well, it's frustrating because I am making an effort, but it seems like Jill always assumes the worst. Therapist, Jill, do you recognize any thought patterns that might contribute to these doubts? Jill replied, "Um, well, I guess I have been hurt before in past relationships. So yes, I guess it's hard for me to fully trust anyone." Therapist, Jack, hearing this from Jill. How does it make you feel about the efforts you've been putting into being more transparent? And Jack replied, "It feels like no matter what I do, there's always this cloud of suspicion. I can never win." There you go, my dear audience. This is a classic example of cognitive dissonance. Jill desires trust in the relationship. But her past experiences create a conflicting belief that makes it challenging to fully accept Jack's efforts. So her belief might be, "I'll get hurt again, so I better be more alert this time round." And for Jack, his efforts to be transparent conflict with the perceived lack of trust from Jill. Therefore, cognitive dissonance arises as Jill holds conflicting beliefs about desiring trust, but finding it difficult due to past experiences. All right. The second possible reason why we can't handle the truth is self-esteem protection. Let me give you another scenario. Imagine an individual named Jack, who takes pride in his professional competence and accomplishments. Jack has always received positive feedback and recognition for his work. However, on a particular project, Jack's performance falls short, and a manager provides constructive criticism, highlighting areas for improvement. Now this is about self-esteem protection in action. So let's say Jack has built a positive self-image based on being a high-performing and successful professional. Now this positive self-image contributes to Jack's overall sense of self-worth and competence. But here comes the manager who provided feedback on the recent project. Pointing out specific shortcomings and suggesting areas for improvement, so this feedback challenges Jack's usual positive self-image, right? And implies that there is room for growth and development. So obviously, Jack will experience cognitive dissonance, 
as Jack experiences discomfort in reconciling the positive self-image with the feedback that suggests areas of weakness. So if Jack acknowledges the need for improvement, may threaten the established self-esteem. And what does our ego do at this time is to protect our self-esteem if we are not aware that will be our autopilot. Or another sub-reason could be because we have an external locus of control, remember? So for this scenario, let's say Jack's self-esteem is not healthy enough. Then what will he do? So Jack might engage in defense mechanisms. This could involve downplaying the significance of the criticism attributing the shortcomings to external factors or dismissing the feedback as inaccurate or biased. Another method to protect self-esteem is selective acceptance. So Jack may selectively accept only positive feedback or focus on past successes to maintain a sense of competence. This selective acceptance helps in minimizing the dissonance by reinforcing the positive aspects of his own self-image. Another method to protect self-esteem is to shield the positive self-image. So let's say Jack may actively avoid seeking or receiving critical feedback in the future. Does this sound familiar? So this avoidance reduces the likelihood of encountering information that challenges the established self-esteem. I now trust you have a better understanding why I often say our brain lies to us all the time. So in this scenario, Self-esteem protection is evident in Jack's response to constructive criticism. So the discomfort arising from the dissonance, cognitive dissonance, between the positive self-image and the critical feedback triggers defense mechanisms and selective acceptance of information to preserve self-esteem. And guess what? the avoidance of future feedback becomes a strategy to maintain the existing positive self-perception. That is why so many people cannot apologize, cannot say they are sorry, even when they know deep down that they have hurt someone. All right, my dear audience, we are running out of time. So I guess uh, I'm going to share the rest of the common reasons why uh, it's so difficult for us to handle the truth, particularly when it's about our shortcomings. So thank you for listening, uh, my dear audience. I appreciate you. And until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be honest. Bye for now.
you can find this podcast. To be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website www. drbarbarakiao. com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O. com. Thank、you